So what's up, everybody? It's uh, Delon. You tuned into another episode of the Chicano Podcast, and um, this episode is being brought to you by none other than Steve Garcia, Chicano Chocast. And um, I want to say thank you. I appreciate y'all for um, tuning into the show today, because uh, this one is going to be um, pretty interesting. Because um, I read this. I started reading this article, right, and um, I, I, I just, I, I, I totally knew that this would be an episode. Um, and I've had a couple of articles that I've read uh, in the past that I knew would be good episodes, and this is just basically one of those. Uh, I don't know, right place, right time. Um, I'm, I'm reading this article um, on a um, website called ReadCultured.com. Um, it's, uh, by a woman by the name of Allison Gaines, and the, uh, title is called White People's Fear of Critical Race Theory is Based in Ignorance. Um, and then under the title, it has Separating Fact from Fiction. Um, everybody knows that, um, you know, I'm all about thought, process, um, this is not a show, uh, that, you know... I have to put this disclaimer out there for some of y'all that don't know this show. Uh, but you know, I don't, um, how do you say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not somebody that has, um, you know, like racist views. However, I think that racism is an issue, uh, you know, in this country. And, um, this particular article, I don't have to apologize, right? Because I think the statistics and the numbers and the police and, you know, all the history of uh, genocide and slavery, uh, you know, all kind of, um, you know, talk about the history or the credit history of the United States. And um, that's kind of what this article is about. You know, I think that there's there's a certain amount of white fragility in America where everybody just automatically. Um, I, I think it's an uncomfortable situation. And um, that's what eludes me um, to really want to have this discussion is because I feel that it needs to be had. And for people that would do sincerely, inherently want to fix this problem, um, you know, we have to wake up and say that, you know what, this discussion does need to be had. Uh, Let me just jump into this article uh, because I am going to read it uh, from the beginning and then I'm going to go ahead and give a little bit of my thoughts in the process Uh, but it does talk about how America emerges uh, from a socially distanced bubble and this critical race theory is um, dominating these headlines and for those basking in the white privilege this critical evaluation of the racial caste system feels terrifying Um, they fear tectonic plates shifting beneath our social landmass. Our nation is in the process of exchanging colorblind ideology with anti-racism. And white people will have to take a good hard look in the mirror and into their family albums. Some are afraid of the skeletons they'll find and other uh, people are leery of the theory that will make them take a look in the first place. 
Um, white people want to focus on selected parts of American history, lionizing their role. Many choose to ignore that the gap between black and white homeownership is wider than it was 50 years ago. Um, or that black families have one-tenth of the wealth as white families. Currently, black people are 3.25% times more or 325 times more likely to die in police encounters. That means that, you know, they're 325% times more likely. This is a statistic. Um, <clears throat> earlier I said um, white fragility. Um, those words are just kind of like, you know, how I um, encompass um, the encounters that I have, uh, you know, with... Uh, White folks, you know, talking about these issues, I think that it, it is very uncomfortable. I think that it is a conversation they don't want to have, and um, I, 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 I don't mean um, anything bad, uh, you know, when I say white people. It's just I think that, you know, we need to have um, these discussions because those um, systemic issues or problems um, like slavery and genocide of uh, Native Americans are centered around um, this descriptive um, labeling of human beings. And um, moving on, um, acknowledging disparities means that white people would feel pressure to address these inequalities, something many more would rather ignore. White people who fear critical race theory ironically oppose the very theory which could provide them cultural competency. And while any black writer could compose a saga on the nonchalance of white Americans, there is another factor at play here. Most white people do not understand critical race theory. They simply oppose it at face value. And I think y'all know what I'm talking about. I guess that's why sometimes I feel like I have to give premise. And, um, you know, because they're going to automatically dismiss the conversation. Uh, you know, try to say you're playing the race card. Uh, you know, they don't want to have the discussion. Uh, they don't want to talk about their privilege because I think that there's a fear that you're going to be taking something away from them. Um... And going back into this article, it says society loves to give white people the benefit of the doubt uh, when conservatives like Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump call critical race theory un-American. People assume they understand what they oppose. They've called the theory Marxist, attempting to conflate critical legal studies with critical race theory. Nuance means nothing to those attempting to distort a powerful message. And if you think that white people do not need to understand critical race theory to oppose it, consider the following. Imagine that a man wants to disprove the theory of gravitation. He would have to first understand force, the gravitational constant, the mass of two objects in the center of their masses. Then he would need to show why the theory is false. To invalidate an established theory, someone has to show their work, demonstrate how it is faulty. And unless a man could defy the law of gravity, I doubt he would get his feet off the ground. More importantly, no one 
will take this critique seriously. In society, these disagreements are normal, and in some instances, they can strengthen or resolve. However, basing your opposition on a lack of understanding is foolhardy. Americans should evaluate critical race theory, its tenets. Then they can decide for themselves whether or not this theory is harmful or helpful for American school children. And um, what what is critical race theory? Um, there is a little um, information on critical race theory here. Um, talking about it, it, it's a, it's a theory. This critical race theory recognizes that systemic racism is part of American society and challenges the beliefs that allows it to flourish. Um, That's a quote from Karimi in 2021. First things first, critical race theory recognizes race as a social construct rather than a biological function. In other words, people who come from different races are not subhumans or subspecies were all one race the human race colorblind theorists love this part but they are not keen on what follows race is a social construct developed by white colonists the subsequent laws of enslavement and segregation derive from a false theory of white supremacy you may ask yourself what is white supremacy why is white supremacy a false theory simply put differences among amongst racial groups are due to environmental and social factors, so the idea of white people being inherently superior to other races has no scientific merit, but that did not stop scientists from claiming black people were inferior. It says right under that, Negroes with their smaller burnt brains and blood vessels and their tendency towards indolence and barbarism Cartwright told fellow doctors had only to be kept benevolently in the state of submission. And um, I guess this was Ruan uh, 2019. I, and I don't know who is um, the, uh, the, the, the author of that particular statement. Um, but it, it, it is uh, basically uh, talking about, you know, the, the, the belief system, I guess, that, you know, the past uh, had on viewing, uh, you know, African-Americans or even uh, people that were like not white. And um, it goes on to say that critical race theory does not assert that black people are superior to other races. On the contrary, it posted black people are equal to other racial groups but have been systematically oppressed because of the creation of the racial caste system. Secondly, critical race theory asserts that racism is systematic, not aberrational. While white people view, or while white people often view instances like George Floyd's death as an anomaly, this theory postulates that racism is something people of color endure consistently in American society. Um, and, and this is the real reason why we need to have these conversations is because, you know, black people, Native Americans um, across the country are being killed um, and they're being um, 
There's so many different forms of marginalization and inequality. Uh, you know, they're they're just they're being treated as subhumans. And I think until uh, you know we start having these discussions or have representation in the quote-unquote White House, um, you know I don't I don't I don't know how this is supposed to change. Look at how many um, Mexican Americans or Chicanos or uh, Latino Hispanic people we have in the country. Um, you know what is it now? Like 40 million? You know, approaching 50 million. Um, you know that should mean that we should have some representation, uh, you know, in the House and the Senate. Um, You know, I don't see any mayors, governors, uh, you know, I don't see any people, uh, you know, in those positions, you know, and I think it's sad that, you know, the the representation of blacks is unequal as well. Um, So moving back on to um, this article, it said the third tenant asserts that black people's legal setbacks benefit white people. Consider the current fight for voting rights, taking away access to black people's benefits from white people. When Georgia Deputy Cody Griggers charged black people with fake felonies, he acted on this point. He understood that holding black people back strengthened the shrinking white voting bloc. Um shows a picture of a cop, you know, all geared up, uh, you know, his SWAT uniform, shield on his mask, and, you know, it says white deputies strip black people of voting rights and charge them with uh, fake felonies. Um, the, the fourth tenet of critical race theory asserts that black people endure different radicalization, resting on racial stereotypes, Othering black people dehumanizes them. Greenlighting acts of overt racism. Suddenly it becomes okay to stop the black man rather than the white one. If you accept the racist premise that black people are inherently dangerous. And othering is ugly as seen in Germany's Holocaust or America's Trail of Tears. Different radicalization explains why slavery could persist in the first place. Critical theory or critical race theory postulates that this dynamic takes place and continues to threaten people of color. The fifth tenet of critical race theory is intersectionality. This theory hypothesizes individuals that cannot be placed into a single identifying box. For example, a black woman is both black and she's female. And by viewing a woman as only black, for example, society would fail to understand the way her womanhood impacts her lived experience. Critical race theory posits that people are dynamic and interdimensional. Lastly, the sixth tenet asserts the need for a voice of color. Critical race theorists believe that someone from the same group is the best person to speak for them. And under this theory, representation matters because a black man would be theoretically more in tune with other black men's specific needs and experiences. As Tim Scott demonstrated, this theory is an approximation. Someone's skin, color, or sex does not guarantee they would be the group's best advocate. The theory simply postulates they would be more likely to be a better representative. And critical race theorists believe in the power of storytelling. When black people share their experiences, they help to inform the public about their perspective, hopefully shifting the social climate 
Critical race theory contains different groups of thought. Legal scholars published the aforementioned tenets in 1989 at a workshop on critical race to create more structure for their theory. It has a little um, insert that's um, in quotes. Critical race theory is a practice. It's an approach to grappling with the history of white supremacy that rejects the belief that whites in the past is in the past and laws and systems that grow from the past are detached from it, said Kimberly Crenshaw, a founding critical race theorist and a law professor who teaches at UCLA and Columbia University. Again, this is Karimi 2021. We need to find out who this Karimi person is. Um, is critical race theory Marxist? Critical race theory is not the same as Marxism, for starters, it doesn't promote the same economic or political vision. Um, critical race theorists do believe, however, the traditional liberal movements have failed to deliver progress for black people. And incrementalism and colorblind ideology has failed. So the natural progression is to focus on identities that much is self-evidenced by the two-step forward and one-step back civil rights struggle. Black Americans experience critical race theorists advocate for structural change. Unlike uh, the critical um, or unlike CLS scholars, however, critical race theorists did not wish to abandon the notions of law and legal rights altogether because in their experience some laws and legal reforms had done much to help oppressed or exploited people. Britannica 2021. Um, that was a quote. While some white conservatives would have the world think that critical race theory is attempting to destroy the government or the laws that keep us safe, they are either wholly ignorant about these theories or purposefully misleading people to frighten them. You be the judge. However, one thing is blatantly clear. Critical race theory is not Marxist and its supporters do not endorse uh, communism. So um, this already prepares you for, you know, people saying, you know, hey, um, you know, this is Marxist thinking and uh, these people, uh, you know, want communism and they just want to scare you uh, because they don't know how to um, be honest, you know, they want to mislead or frighten people um, because they don't want these changes. Um, you know, they will tell you that, you know, it's somebody destroying the government. And that's, that's pretty sad because, you know, we can see that coming, uh, you know, whenever we're talking about, you know, making any kind of changes, you know, for people of color. Um, it says next, real big, most white people do not understand critical race theory. They simply oppose it at face value. Now, remember, these this is not my article. Um, I think it's an interesting article. Um, and one thing I do want to, um, insert, uh, for Chicano listeners is that we do have to look at the, uh, paradigm of other non-white people, because a lot of times our voice is so like, it's, 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 it's there. We have no voice. We have, we are the most underserved uh, community in the country. That being said, um, we're, 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 we are silenced. 
Uh, we are oppressed and we are suppressed. And um, even though our population at this point in America's time period, we are a larger population than the black population, it's pretty sad to see that, you know, we even have a smaller voice or say so um, in the narrative of the media or TV or the um, political uh, stratosphere, if you will. Um, and I wanted to say that we, we, have, we, have, we can learn a lot uh, from black leaders or civil rights movements, uh, you know, how they did what they were able to do and hopefully assert those values, principles, or um, whatever it was to make those changes. Um, you know, the Delta, whatever that Delta is, you know, we need to find out what um, other communities are doing successfully and try to mimic those particular um, precedences that they set. You know, we need to learn from everyone because, you know, if, 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 if we stand together with BLM or whomever, whether it be um, AIM or um, LGBTQT or any other um, oppressed group, and, you know, we win together. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have our own identity. I'm just saying that, you know, we do have our own struggle. And I think there's a time and place, you know, for us to, uh, you know, recognize that our struggle is our struggle. And everybody's struggle and vision and paradigm is different. But, you know, a win for somebody else that's oppressed is a win for everybody that's oppressed. Um, So moving back into this article, acknowledging America's social hierarchy could provide much needed healing in a nation. Once torn apart by my ancestors, seditious slavers. However, some white people rather make critical race theory into a boogeyman. White people who fear critical race theory are using deflection 101. And they will do nothing to distract um, from their role in maintaining white supremacy. So there is an ideology, uh, you know, that sadly is the um, construct um, that underlies the uh, capitalism um, that I think is, 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 is part of the original democracy that um, are, are all a bunch of lies anyways, you know, uh, because I think that's what, um, and that this, this, these are my statements. So this is outside of the article. Um, you know, the, 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 the way that we assert um, into, like, different countries, you know, where we have performed, like, coups or dismantled, um, you know, leaders or um, basically destabilized other countries, you know, in my opinion, like we're doing now um, in uh, Palestine, um, you know, we do it under these labels, these, um, it's subterfuge, you know, it's this, it's this, it's this veil, it's this guise of, um, democracy and capitalism. Once you get in there, you know, you start pushing your way, you know, we are warmongers, 
Uh, the United States fights with everybody, bombs on everybody. If we don't give them what they want, you know, they take it. You know, um, doesn't matter if it's the Middle East, doesn't matter if it's the whole fucking Western Hemisphere. Um, if they want it, they're going to go in there and take it. You know, they stole the whole, um, you know, Western Hemisphere. Let's be honest. You know, the United States um, was founded on slavery and genocide. Um, and South America, Mexico, uh, the two uh, world civilizations uh, that were here prior, the cradles of civilization that were here, uh, you know, before America was America. People were already doing great things in the Andean um, civilization, in the um, Mesoamerican civilizations. You know, these people were, were, were real human beings that were displaced and killed under these tenets, these constructs, this uh, white supremacy, um, this belief um, that, you know, either our people um, as manifest destiny, this manifesto, um, or this religion, or this um, papal bull, you know, so to speak, kill the Indian, save the man. You know, I don't think it was until the 19, until the late 1900s that um, they got, they, they finally did away with the last boarding school in the Americas or allowed um, Native Americans to practice their own religion. It's sad, guys, you know, so don't take me out of context. I'm going to go back to reading this article, though. Uh, Mitch McConnell has a conflict of interest. White men like Mitch McConnell love telling black people no. He took joy in blocking our first black President Obama's agenda and judicial nominations for years. McConnell referred to himself as the Grim Reaper, blocking popular progressive legislation. He wrote this title with pride. Men should call him Freddy Krueger instead. White men often puff out their chest to declare, I never owned slaves. However, many of those same men could not say the same for their predecessors. The federal government compensated slave owners and slaves and their descendants receiving nothing. Over 150 years after slavery, black people are still suffering from a staggering race wealth gap. White people continue to benefit from the force forced labor of African slaves, they've inherited it. Mitch McConnell is the descendant of slave owners, and his family's wealth is a testament to the back-breaking work of my ancestors. And while this stings, this is not all about feelings. Check the census information. Slave owners in the family, Senator Mitch McConnell is four generations removed from slave owners on his father's side. Um, it actually shows a um, diagram of James McConnell and Richard Daly on the top. And both of these men um, collectively owned 14 slaves. These guys lived uh, between the years 1788 and 1898. The both of them. Uh, one was born in 1788, don't know when he died. The other one was born in 1814 and died in 1898, Richard Daly. Um, they had sons named uh, Samuel Porter McConnell, 
born in 1824, and a daughter named Othella C. Daly, born in 1844, died in 1932. Um, those two had a child named Robert Hayes McConnell, born 1877, died 1958. Addison Mitchell McConnell um, was a child of that person born in 1917 to 1990 and um, Addison was the father of Senator Mitch McConnell born in 1942 so yeah his um, grandparents were um, slave owners so his family owned 14 slaves and who knows how many more slaves before uh, those grandparents uh, that were listed. But that's, that's pretty sad. Um, white, people's, or white people whose families own slaves have the audacity to say they do not want to talk about critical race theory. I don't know who they think they are fooling with this in the past, quote unquote, in the past time nonsense. There's a direct link between his family owning slaves and the position he holds today. Um, He is the embodiment of the policies they attempted to maintain. When a white man says we should not discuss critical race theory in schools, tell him, I think thee doth protest too much. (laughs) Sorry, I thought that was kind of funny. When do we go or where do we go from here critical race theorists hold the law and legal institutions in the united states are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social economic (coughs) and political inequalities between whites and non-whites especially african americans uh britannica 2021 that was a quote from an encyclopedia if someone disagrees with critical race theory respectfully ask them what in particular they take issue with. For example, do they deny that slavery occurred? Do they subsequent, or that the subsequent Jim Crow laws maintained a racial hierarchy, that racial disparities continue to exist in the modern era, era, or do they feel that injustices should persist or that we should never discuss inequities in American society? Then ask them what evidence they have for these claims. Many white people have chosen ignorance over enlightenment and want to demonize a theory they do not understand. Talking about America's original sin is not un-American, and white men wouldn't be running from a conversation about race if they were truly proud of all American history. Bearing undesirable aspects of this nation's history creates psychopaths or psychophants, not patriots. Critical race theory butts heads with American exceptionalism. It asks us to evaluate the racial, social hierarchy and to dismantle systems and beliefs that maintain inequalities. That's the grand scheme. And if that vision of a diverse, inclusive, honest America frightens you, what does that say about your loyalty to democracy? So, um... That was that was an interesting article, you know. I mean, it talks about um, a lot of different um, 
aspects of um, racism and um, this caste system or this hierarchy um, and what people today are saying and how they're um, reacting to even um, this particular article uh, because it, 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 it is something that is a hard subject to have. I think that, you know, if you were at work, you brought up this article, you started talking uh, about this article um, in front of people, you're going to get a lot of people um, uncomfortable. And it's because I think that it, 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 it does um, point out that people don't want to have this discussion or they want to deny it or they want to point fingers at another issue or topic like if if it didn't happen or if you're wrong for bringing it up you know I mean these are facts are they not I mean this is what happened is it not I mean, there are inequities that need to be reversed and fixed. So if those inequities can only be fixed by change and they're not changing, then isn't it only um, critical thinking of the oppressed to talk about those inequalities and how it should be um handled if it hasn't been fixed and what what are we at now you know we're 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 going into you know 100 years after the civil rights movement pretty soon you know we only have you know what another 40 years you know 40 something years and then we're going to be saying um that you know we haven't fixed the uh, systematic inequalities that were um, supposedly supposed to be recognized, you know, 100 years prior. And that's that's kind of where um, I think, you know, we need to start thinking. Is, um, where are we going to be in 10 years? Where are we going to be in 20 years? Where are we going to be in 40 or 50 years? I feel like we're going to be in the same place. And that's why I'm um, having this discussion. Because I think a lot of people think that we're going to still be in the same place. Because people don't want to give up that privilege, that power. And they rather uh, keep those um, tenets, ideas, ideologies um, to sustain that level of privilege. So call it what it is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this episode up. But um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And um, I guess we'll catch you on the rebound. Peace.